talk about looking for guys. This is a guy we've been looking to get on this show for a long time, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun in this conversation. We're going to spend a little time kind of unpacking his journey because it is really a unique, unique one. And so I want to start this interview with Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. I just would. Dude, I've been waiting to do that for a month. I'm telling you. Too long. It's been about 10 years. Yeah, it has been a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Adam Gotsis of the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, and he is a native Australian and one of the international players in the game and a guy that, you know, uh, we have the International Pathway Program and we've got uh, the NFL Academy in London and, you know, it's really grown, but you kind of did this whole gig on your own, my man. Yeah, man. Uh, I think this was a bit before all that Pathways and uh, kind of that stuff. But yeah, it's, it's been a journey, man, I tell you, and I had to kind of figure it all out myself. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to run into some, to some great coaches along the way. I ran into you. I, ran, I had a couple uh, back home. Um, you know, I'll give them a quick shout out. Coach Paul Manera, Coach uh, John Layton, who, you know, you've been, you know, and, you know, you've seen around the game um, over the years. So, um, you know, it's just, it's it's a process, but, you know, it was well worth it. And, you know, it's it's been a journey. So, Excited to be where I'm at now. All right, I, I want to I want to work this interview in ten minute segments, right? So let's talk about the Australian part of this. And what fascinated me, bro, the other day when we were talking, and I said, "How did it happen that you found football?" And you said your mom yeah. got a, got a flyer from some program and brought it home and said, "Hey, you might like this." Is that <laughs> is that how you got started? Not even from a program, man. So I was, you know, I grew up. In Australia, playing Aussie rules, playing ro- basketball, rugby, soccer, anything I could get my hands on. I, I just love sport. Um, when I was about 16, I kind of realized that the way I was growing didn't really suit that Aussie rules kind of build anymore. So I was kind of looking to take maybe rugby as the next step as my athletic career. During that time, man, um, you know, my mom was on the internet kind of looking up, you know, local teams and stuff like that. And she came across like this gridiron, uh, you know, flyer. And, you know, she knew that me and my brother played a bit of Madden on the Xbox and stuff. And uh, she was like, you know, you should give this a shot. You know, you, you know, you like the game. And, yeah, the rest is kind of history. We went down there. And I remember the first day I went down there, um, you know, it was kind of the way in Australia it is. It's like under 14s to under 19s is all in one age group. And I'm sitting there in the car, <laughs> 15 years old, and I see these 19-year-olds walking down there. And I'm like, damn, I don't know if this is for me. Like, I don't know if I want to even get out of the car, but for me, my brother was 19 at the time. He came down with me, so I kind of had my brother there playing, same team. Um, and, yeah, from that moment, man, I kind of fell in love with the sport and kind of history. All right. Uh, there were a couple of things I want to hit on, right? And uh, in Australia, they call it gridiron. They yeah. don't call it football because you've got your own football, right? I've got enough footballs, man. we got soccer, football, r- you know, the rugby guys call their football football. Aussie rules is football. So, yeah, we, we stick to uh, gridiron in Australia. All right. Now, let's talk Aussie rules because I want – there are two things about Aussie rules I want you to clear up for me because I'm not you – know, yeah. I'm the uninitiated. Number one, the two most distinctive things about Aussie rules football to me are, number one, the official who looks like he's in a in – a, like a, a jacket at doing chem, – in chem lab – Right. 
And when you score, what's the deal they do with the with the like they're shooting guns? What is that all about? I have no idea where that came from. And you know, I would advise them on some wardrobe things, but uh, <laughs> it's part of the game, man. I don't, I don't want to no toes talking about that, but uh, you know, I, they it's been part of the sport for years, man. It's funny, but you know, speaking on Aussie rules, that was a big part of I think my success transferring to football. Um, you know, that's a sport that. It involves running, tackling, um, you know, taking angles, you know, being able to track opponents and things like that and, and quick thinking in spaces and, and big guys being able to move. You know, you're a big guy that's playing with 18 other smaller guys on the field. So you got to be able to keep up with them or you're not going to, you know, survive. So on that sport, when I transferred to American football, man, it was just like Aussie rules, just tackle them, get them on the ground. And I think that's been a big success in my career is that chase and tackle part of my game. Okay, now, what about the shorts, bro? Yeah, I don't know. What, what is up with the Daisy yeah. with the Daisy Dukes you got to wear in that game? These guys are, you know, some of these guys are running, you know, upwards of ten miles, you know, in a game. So I think I think it's probably something just to <laughs> a track star or something. You know, they got to be doing something out there. You know, limit the material, oh. and they're running more than you know some soccer players. So. It's it's a pretty intense game, but yeah, definitely some uh, wardrobe stuff could be you know fixed up a bit. All right, first time I go to Australia, I go down there to help uh, you know Paul Manera and that group of coaches and kind of Coach Chapman, and it was really a unique situation because they brought all we're up in Surfers Paradise and there's a a, I think it's an Olympic training facility there, and all the teams from around the country came by state. And they played, it was about four or five days of, yeah. like, they're playing every day. Yeah. And yeah. That's a national tournament, our state tournament. So, yeah, it's like a state championship. Uh, you know, all the all the states put together a team and we're up there, man. Yeah. Did you, did you play in that? Yeah, yeah, I played in that. So that was my first time representing, you know, Victoria. And that was kind of the point where, you know, I was like, damn, this might be a bit more than just, you know, running around in the park with the guys, you know. And, uh, you know, obviously I had the pleasure of running to you and, you know, there's some coaches there with some experience and, you know, having those conversations and, and you know, listening to you speak and listening to the opportunities that lay ahead if you really want to commit and, and put in the work in this game. And, you know, some of those things that you were talking about really reside within me and, you know, kind of suited to where I was in my, my path of life and my journey. And, you know, I held on to a couple of those tidbits and just went to work and, you know, good things started happening after that, man. All right, so here's my takeaway from that experience, right? First of all, I, I like I don't I can't even remember if we played eleven on eleven. I don't think so, but it was. But but you've got all the states of Australia represented in this one tournament, mm-hmm. and Adam, I don't know how many games the kids played in five days. It must have been a, at least a game a day, and I mean to tell you, one thing: if the NFL's listening to this. The one reason I think they are, you know, and everybody think we say oh, Australian players, what do you think about? Well, they're going to get a punter, right? But I'm going to tell you something. When I went to that tournament, dude, these are youth players and it was like violent. I yeah. mean, guys were getting after each other. Mm-hmm. And That's I've a- been I've been to tournaments in other countries and it's like a pillow fight. But I mean, in Australia, you guys get after it. Yeah, I mean, 
you look at a lot of the Aussies in sports here in America, um, you know, one thing I think they pride themselves on is that tenacity, that effort, that heart, leave it all out there on the field, underdog mentality. Um, you know, that kind of describes Australia. You look at all our Olympic teams, you look at all the guys that are representing Aussies in the basketball, you know, you've got guys like Patty Mills, Matthew Delavadova, um, these are Ben Simmons. These are all guys that have worked so hard to be in their position. And, you know, it's, we're a country of 25 million. So, you know, when one guy succeeds, you know, you got the whole country, you know, behind you supporting you as well. And, uh, you know, that's just part of it. You know, I think when we were up there playing, we got these young guys that are fired up, love the game. Um, you know, it's all passion. It's all hard out there. And I think that was probably, you know, I think after one of those games, I think it might've been the semifinal or the, the grand final or the championship. It was like, I remember there was like we had ten guys playing both ways the whole. You know, <laughs> it was it was nuts. Injured, I think you know we we had like our starting quarterback was hurt the whole O line. It was it was crazy, but I remember like just being out there and playing with the guys, and you know it just felt like you know so much passion and love for the game from everyone up there it was awesome, man. Okay, all right, so. You do, and, and you did it by yourself. Now, Paul and John helped you, I know. But, I, like, I remember talking to the you guys when I was down there, and it was, like, it was so far away from where everyone, how, how the clearinghouse worked and all. But you you negotiated that by yourself. I mean, you basically did that on your own. Talk about that. Yeah, so I remember, you know, the one of the things that you said that really – caught in my mind was you know if i want to get to college i have to be cleared you know i have to go through the ncaa and just get on their website look at whatever the requirements are you know because i'm getting later i was i think heading into my junior year of high school at that point and you know we don't even use a gpa in australia so you're saying like gpa sat shit like that and i'm like <laughs> i've never even heard those terms like what the hell's a gpa you know we we don't use that stuff so um I remember after that tournament, you know, I went home and I emailed with Paul a few times just trying to figure out what the hell the next step was. And then, uh, you know, I got onto the website and literally I'm, I remember sitting there all night, you know, it's 11 p.m. Australia time, which is the time that the clearinghouse is open. So I'm sitting there on hold for an hour trying to talk to someone, <laughs> figure out questions, man, just like what paperwork do I need to get to you guys? How do I get it to you guys? Do you need scan copies? Do you need mail copies? Like, what is it, you know? And literally, I remember it was me, me, my mom, and we were just going through everything. I had to go back to my high school. By the time I figured all this stuff out, you know, I graduated high school. Um, so it was going back to my high school, getting all my transcripts from ninth grade through, you know, junior year, senior year, scanning them all, sending them all, not even knowing, like, what the hell I'm sending, you know, if that even is the right paperwork, because our whole curriculum is different, you know. Um so by the time that all happened, man, it was just like, I'm committed to this thing, you know. Um, I'm not doing this thing just to see if I can get eligible. So, you know, once I started doing that clearinghouse stuff, the way I trained, the way I mentally prepared myself, I told myself, like, I'm going to America. You know, I'm going to go do this. You know, all my friends in high school looking at me like, I'm, you know, I'm crazy. You know, this kid from Australia that, you know, plays gridiron on the weekends is going to go get a scholarship, you know. But... I, I just kept telling myself every day and I just kept putting in the work and, and I just knew like if you keep consistently putting in that stuff and that effort and stay committed to it, something's going to happen. You know, someone's going to bite. Someone's going to take a chance on you, you know? So. All right. So I want to, I want to 
throw this out to the listeners and the viewers. If you're a young kid who is trying to make this same journey, then you got a great opportunity to talk to Adam right now and throw a question. If you're a dad with a son or, you know, again, because it is so amazing. Um, and, and we got a question right here that we're going to get to later because uh, it, it's part of his journey. Now, Paul Monera, who played college football at the University of Hawaii, and it's amazing how small the football world is, played at a time when Dick Tomey was the head coach at Hawaii, and their offensive coordinator was a guy named Paul Johnson. And Paul Johnson just happened to be the head coach at Georgia Tech, and Paul, they called Paul looking for a punter, and yeah. you they got you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, man. That's kind of how it works, but, you know, that just shows the the – the bonds that football creates, you know, the trust in individuals and, you know, those relationships, you know, my, this guy, Paul Manera, my coach played, you know, back in the late eighties, early nineties with, with coach Johnson. And, you know, it'd been 20 years since I'm sure that probably had a real conversation and sat down or whatever, but, uh, you know, obviously coach Johnson trusted this guy and saw how he worked when he was in the program. And, you know, that's a big hats off to Paul. Um, and that's, you know, and then for Paul to, you know, put me in touch with that, that program. That's, that's what the sport's about, man. I, I think, you know, he's one of those pioneers of the sports that's gone, experienced, you know, some success in it and, you know, some, some experiences that not a lot of guys have, and he's given it all back to Australia and, and gridiron in Australia. You know, he loves the kids and he loves helping all these kids live, live a dream out. So um, big hats off to him, but it, yeah, it's such a small world. And, you know, I ended up getting to Georgia tech and, you know, they were still running the wing tee that they were running in Hawaii 30 years ago. And, you know, it's awesome, man. It's just awesome to see how that kind of goes, you know. All right. Now, the guy that was Paul's position coach at Hawaii, Mike Seawack, yep. coveted you as an offensive lineman, but he never got to get you because you had, what, five off- You had five defensive linemen on the roster when you show up at Georgia Tech? Yeah. yeah. So, literally, I mean, I was – I think I was 19 in Australia and I was training as an offensive tackle. All my stuff was offensive tackle. And uh, that's that's what I was trying to get recruited as. Um, I could long snap a bit. I could play some DN, but offensive tackle was, I think, where I was best fit for the college system. So, you know, I was planning on being a triple option offensive tackle. And then I kind of got there and they were like, look, you know, we've only got five, you know, guys returning, um, you know, this year. So the rest are all going to be incoming freshmen and, uh, you know, they kind of recruited me as an athlete at that point and were kind of like, we'll see what, what best suits you. So for me, uh, you know, I went out there. I remember the first day of training camp, man. I got there the day before training camp started freshman year. You know, all the freshmen had been there all summer working out with the guys. And I'm this kid from Australia shows up. I've got all my bags. I'm living in the hotel. <laughs> uh, and I remember that first day we go out there and I trip on the bag. We're doing fast bags and I fucking trip on the bags, eat it. <laughs> And I'm like, damn, this couldn't start like any worse, you know? Uh, <laughs> for real, it was like, it was it was so embarrassing, man. But I just told myself like, you know, just keep working, keep working. And, you know, two, three weeks later, I was rolling with the ones and then I was playing as a true freshman. And it's just like, it's crazy how quick things can change. And it's a lot of perspective and how, how you handle adversity. And, you know, for me, that was a big part of adversity. I got there and all these guys are looking at me like, who the fuck's this guy? And, you know, and this guy's bags you know whatever and it's just like it's so you know you can turn if you just put your mind to some stuff so all right now i just it just dawned on me who did you play your first college game against i was virginia tech monday night um i think it was labor day weekend so it was season opener all right 
Frank Beamer's Virginia Tech, one of the best teams in the country, right? On Monday night, yeah. national television, two years after you played for the Victoria State team in that little tournament, yeah. you're rolling, you're out there starting against yeah. Virginia Tech. Bro, do you realize how, how like that, that's Hollywood wouldn't write that one? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, and it all happened so quick that it's, hard to kind of like soak that in you know everything's happening so quick in the football world that like literally i remember pulling up in the buses i remember the stadium packed um you know they come out to the sandman everything's going crazy you know it was like probably one of the one of those times where i'm sitting there i've got the chills you've got that ringing in the ear you can't even hear anything and you're like where the hell am i snap out of the way and it's like football you're you're just you're in the game you don't even notice the crowd you don't notice nothing you're so locked in on that you know that game but uh yeah man it's unreal it's it's such a surreal experience man all right so you go on and you're a great player at georgia tech and the broncos win a super bowl mm -hmm. and comes draft day and all of a sudden with the second pick the broncos take Adam Gotsis, defensive lineman, Georgia Tech. Were you shocked? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I, 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 I was shocked. Um, I kind of knew all the work I'd put in, so I knew, you know, something good was coming. And, you know, any opportunity for me was exactly what I wanted. You know, whether I was drafted, undrafted free agent, get a workout, that's all I wanted. Um, it was kind of a tough spot, though. I was coming off the ACL, so, you know, talking with my agents and stuff, they didn't really know where teams were, were putting me just because of the injury. And, uh, you know, I felt like I had a great senior season. And, you know, what what I was able to live with was I left it all out there on the tape, you know. So regardless of what happened after I got injured, I knew that when teams turned on my tape, they're going to see a type, type of player that they want. So going through the draft process, I wasn't really too worried and nervous and stuff because I knew, like, at the end of the day, my tape's going to speak for itself. Um, and that's what they're going to critique you off at all times. You know, they don't, you know, if you're a good person, a bad person, it doesn't matter. It's what's, what are you doing on the field? Um, so kind of going through that process, it was, but when I got that phone call, man, I was so excited. And, you know, it was just like, these guys are the Super Bowl champs. Let's get this shit going. And, you know, I can't wait to get back healthy and get out there, man. And, it, you know, it was crazy four years in Denver, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, now look, leading up to that, because I want to, I want to kind, I want you to kind of give our listeners the inside, because we're going to pull back the curtain a little bit. You have a dominating senior year, right? There's no question. Great, you know, size, speed, you know, energy, play hard, all the tough, all the stuff. I mean, you check all the boxes. Then you tear up your knee. How much? Did that affect the way people looked at you or talked to you or you know, going into the thing? Because I have it on good notice that Bill Kolar got on the desk for you, your, the D-line coach that you had at Denver, and said, I want that kid. I know he's hurt, but I want that kid. I want that guy. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's how I kind of felt still going through the combine process, going through, you know, team interviews and everything like that. I really felt like, you know, a lot of teams wanted me. A lot of teams liked me. Um, you know, I was, I'm a year older than guys that were in my class just because the way I transferred from Australia and stuff. So I think I was a little more mature than some guys in that respect. And, uh, 
you know, I get there, I've got the torn up knee and stuff. And it was, it was really hard to respond to because you get on a, you know, I, I end up getting to Denver and, you know, they're coming off the Super Bowl. They're fucking roaring hot. You know, they're, they're ready to go back. Um, and you're bringing in a guy that's, you know, meant to help, help that, you know, and at that time they just got rid of uh, Malik Jackson. He had just signed in Jacksonville. So, uh, you know, that defensive end spot was open. They drafted me, you know, I'm sure to take that spot and play that role. Um, but then, yeah, I get to Denver and, you know, some of the rehab, it, it you know, it doesn't kind of go how I want. And, uh, you know, we end up, I end up coming back about seven, eight months, which I think was a little early um, for me in that. And I really didn't feel like I got back to being me as a player through that season. You know, I felt like I was kind of 85% making it work, um, trying to get it done. But, you know, in the NFL, you know, these guys are real good players and, you know, you're coming in and if you're not, you know, playing well, you know, you're going to get exposed out there. And I felt like, you know, there were some things that in my game, I just hadn't got back from the injury, um, having time to work on that, having time to work on my craft. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just how the game goes. You know, your number's called, you know, the team's relying on you to go out there and make plays, um, you know, and that's and that's what I tried to do. But, you know, that first year was a tough year, definitely. So you, you, you fight through the first year. And then, you know, you, and you had, and I want to, I think we got to be clear about this. You have to understand what the scheme the player is asked to play is. Yeah. Because in that scheme, you were never going to be a big sack guy. You were going to be a guy that was going to make plays on the line of scrimmage, grind that B gap, take that double team, and let Vaughn Miller and Demarcus Ware and, and Shane Ray and all those edge guys make the sacks. And that, and that's, you know, and that's kind of, you know, I'd probably say even the last five years, um, you know, definitely my four years in Denver, maybe not as much that last year, but definitely that those first three years, it was like, hey, you know, our three down linemen, you're here to stop the run first, second down. We've got four pass rushes that are coming in on third down to get sacks. Unless you're, you know, it's third and four and you've got like a nickel or a dime package out there and you want to keep two big guys inside. Other than that, you know, we've, we've got our, you know, our jet package, whatever you want to call it, where you've got Vaughn, D. Ware, Shane Ray, Shaq Barrett, you know, Dakota Watson. The list can go on of, like, guys that they got pass rushing and they're paying to pass rush. So, you know, in a 3-4, that's kind of how it goes sometimes. You know, they like having those edge guys on there rushing. But, uh, you know, coming off the Super Bowl, I kind of knew if they're going to keep a D lineman in the game, it's probably going to be D. Wolf. Um you know, on third down and stuff. He's, I mean, you look at like his Super Bowl season, he had something like 28 hits or something on, you know, just in the play. That was ridiculous, you know, that defense in the playoffs. And, you know, you had a lot of those guys coming back. So I knew in terms of structurally on the defense, there probably wasn't going to be much change, um, you know, up front. So I had to come in there and, you know, I'm a 4-3 D tackle, transfer into a 3-4 D tackle where it's a bit different. The techniques there, they want you playing different and, you know, that was that was something that I really struggled with in terms of coming off the injury, changing my game to fit the scheme. Um, yeah, it was just something that, you know, it felt like it took almost after that year to click. And I came back in 17 and 18. I felt like I had better years. Um, felt like I kind of found how to play that technique that they wanted. Um, and then, yeah, it was kind of like just battling through, you know, other injuries. I had another knee injury on the other knee and then you know, a partial tear in the ACL that I already had repaired the year after. So it was just like, you know, I'd get healthy, I'd be playing some good ball, but I'd, I'd still be playing banged up a lot of the time, you know. And as we said the other day, I think this is the healthiest I've been in five years. So I'm feeling okay. Good. All right. So 
adversity strikes again. And obviously you feel like you, you need to a change. Yeah. And you, and you make the decision to go to Jacksonville. Why Jacksonville initially? Yeah. Initially, man, I was, I was, so I'm sitting there, um, you know, all the COVID stuff's happening. I'm rehabbing my ACL last, uh, you know, last year. And, you know, I told myself, you know, I just want an opportunity to start fresh. I don't care where it is. I just want, you know, to walk into a building and, you know, not to have this like kind of eye on me at times. I felt like, I felt like people just looked at me and just had this thought of me, you know, and it's like, you don't really know me. We haven't sat down, had a conversation, you know, things like that. So, uh, you know, I spoke to the the GM at, at Jacksonville at the time and, uh, you know, he called me and he, you know, told me about how he had, scouted me coming out of you know the draft and stuff like that and he he was kind of saying if you were a couple picks later and, and Denver didn't take you we we're going to take you at Jacksonville and you know when I think about that I think about the scheme that they're running that 4-3 um, you know I sometimes think that would have been a really good fit you know for my type of player for my type of abilities who I am um, so yeah just talking to the GM and I think having them really back me and having that trust in me and and you know say that they've kind of had me on their radar you know over the last few years and they wanted me early on in my career and stuff like that I think uh you know was super reassuring for me and then you know kind of to talk to the DC about the scheme and how they want me playing it and you know the year before it was Calais Campbell kind of playing that big end there rotating inside on pass rush downs things like that and I know you know, I'm a pretty similar type of guy to Calais. You know, I don't have that crazy speed off the edge, but I'm a big, long guy that, you know, is a smart player that knows how to use leverage and uses length. And, uh, you know, I went there last year and, you know, seven, eight months up in ACL, and I felt like I played a real decent year there. I put in some good work. So I was kind of happy with that decision. Yeah, and, you know, I think that's that's a good point. You know, you start 14 games, and I think when you, you know, I watch you play, and, and you know, people who don't know the game, or I shouldn't say it sounds like I'm like being condescending, but I, I just I just know that, that, you know, people will look at and say, OK, how many sacks a guy got? Well, that's not I mean, that's not everything. And it's about pressures. And do you make the quarterback move and all of that stuff and tackles for loss? And I thought they credited you with four tackles for loss, Adam. But I, I swear to God, it had to be more like eight. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, you know, it's tough with how they, you know, kind of give you some of the run stats in the NFL and it's and it's tight, you know, especially in the trenches there, you feel like some of the assists, some of the, you're getting on piles, you, you're helping bring the guy down, you know, um, stops in the backfield, you know, unless it's like a full yard that you tackle him, it's not a TFL kind of thing, um, some of that stuff. So it's tough to get some stats, but it's also, again, what we were saying, the scheme that you're playing, you know, last year in Jacksonville, I wasn't part of like the pass rush package that we had in, you know, we got a room of 10 guys, you know, so they want me in there stopping the run first, second down, getting us to pass in situations and letting those guys that they're paying to rush to pass it, get us off the field. So, you know, in that way, it's a team effort. And obviously you want a guy that can play th all three downs, but you know, the way the scheme set up also, we've got packages where, Hey, we're going to put this package in regardless of, whether you can rush the passer or not, we want our three outside backers there rushing, you know, and yeah. sometimes that, you know, can play effect into, you know, what's happening out there on the field. So for me, you know, they want me a base kind of guy playing 12 personnel, um, more of that stuff. So you look at what type of, you know, and this is diving a bit deeper into the scheme of the game, 12 personnel, what are you getting? Probably play action pass. If they go empty 12 personnel, what are you getting? Probably quick game. Yeah. 
you know? So you as a defensive end that's rushing, it's it's tough. You getting a double team or you getting the ball out in two seconds. You know, you look at Ben Big Ben, he's throwing the ball in under two seconds. You can run off the line free and you probably still don't get there, you know? Yeah. Um, so some of those, it's tough. And it's tough to, you know, kind of critique a guy sometimes on you know, opportunities that he's not even having on the field. But, you know, and that's on the play to make sure you're doing what you can in practice to get those opportunities on the field. So for me, you know, I feel like being a rusher and stuff is something I'm definitely capable of being in this league. So, you know, this offseason, I'm finally healthy. I've had the opportunity to work on that type of stuff. So I'm just looking forward to getting into camp and putting it, putting it out there. All right, bro. Tough season in Jacksonville. Tough, yeah. tough season in Jacksonville. Close a lot of times, can't close it. They come in and they blow up the building, right? And you're a free agent and you choose to go back. Yep. Why? Yeah, again, man, um, you know, I had the DC call me, you know, a handful of times and talking to him, listening to, you know, his mentality, the the mentality of the building, um, listening to him visualize me in that defense um, really gave me, that same thing, that trust, that confidence that, hey, I'm going to a place where I'm wanted. I'm going to a place where they see need for me and they see value in me. Um, and then, again, coming off the injury, I think, last year, going to that place and setting up, you know, almost my routine pregame, you know, knowing my way around the building, things like that. And then, uh, you know, the type of year I had, the type of guys that I had in the room with me, I love I loved the energy. I loved who we were. Um, and then, yeah, just knowing that, you know, we're adding some pieces, we're changing some things up. I'm excited, man. I think, you know, nothing can get worse than last year in terms of the win-loss record. And, you know, I think with some of the guys that we've added in free agency and things like that, and guys we're going to go after in the draft, it's going to be an exciting time, you know. And, you know, you look at the coaching stuff, we're bringing, we're bringing dudes from everywhere that have got it done. So, you know, now it's going to be on us players to, to follow their lead and get it done ourselves. Smart move, sign a one-year deal. Right, you get some guaranteed money, some upfront money, but you, you sign a one year deal, so you're betting on yourself, and then the, the, the big payday is going to come after this. All right, now, uh, fans, get Mike is uh, I want you to start putting some questions up, Mike, uh, for Adam, and then we're gonna there's a little thing I do, um, that I really enjoy, and it's now you got to be able to play, you, you got to play by the rules, though, all, right. Right? all right, okay, so big shows and big shows is from Wales, he says, uh, Obviously, you're a proud Victorian, so New South Wales. Surely, Brett are with the Maroons. Who the heck are the Maroons? Uh, they're the Queensland uh, rugby team. So, you know, a lot of the... Uh, <laughs> smokers. They're the old speedos. But, uh, yeah, no, nah, I like the Maroons, man. If uh, we're going to state of origin, definitely. You know, you've got the big boys up there helping them out. So, All right, all right. See, now that was another thing I was going to ask you about. When I was down there, right, yep. it, it was state of origin time, right? Yep. And I have never seen anything like that. Like guys that play on the same club are, are good friends. Yeah. And then state of origin comes. And because they're from a different state, yeah. they go out and beat the dogs through yeah. out of one another. Yeah, man, those guys, when, when that time of year comes, um, you know, you see some of the, some of Australia's best, you know, you got guys playing for, you know, their hometown and their city. And, you know, it's not just the, the team that's paying you at that point, you're representing where you're from. And, you know, in Australia, guys, guys like to, you know, hold that over one another for another year, you know, but uh, 
some of those matches do get pretty full on. They be you know throwing the fists in there and laughter, and it's like, dude, this is this is crazy. Is this sport? Like, what is this? You know, but it's awesome, man. I love it. I love watching it. All right, Julio from Madrid, Spain says, Adam, what was it like for a rookie, particularly on the defensive side of the ball, to come into a locker room after Super Bowl Fifty? Yeah, it was it was hard, man. I mean, you know, you got the defense that's coming back, and there's so many vets on there, and they've just gone through this playoff run, got it done, um, you know, played lights out kind of through the playoffs. You look at the quarterbacks they went through to get there, it's just like, damn, you know. So you kind of got to come in and just be a sponge and try and soak it all in. And, you know, I remember we had, you know, we had so many guys on the team that you learn stuff from. The whole no-fly was there. You've got Demarcus Ware, Von Miller, D. Wolf, um, Sylvester Williams. Vance Walker, Todd Davis, a bunch of dudes, you know, that have all just had this success. So you really just were a sponge just trying to soak it in. But again, man, you come in and the expectations are high. you got to either get to their speed or you're going to get left behind. And, you know, it's tough because, again, you know, this is the best defense that we're maybe saying in the ever to play the game. Um, you know, so, yeah, it was tough. But, you know, we had some some good rookies that we all kind of stood together and got through it all. All right, uh, before we get to questions, we're going to start this. It's a word association game. I'm going to give you a name, and then you have one word, and only one word that you can use. And I want it to be the first one that comes to your mind, all right? I got you. So I'm going to throw you a, a, a layup here, a softball with, with the first one. He's a legendary Australian, Rod the Rocket Laver. Tennis. Tennis. He is tennis. All right. Darren Bennett. Sports center? Is that the sports center guy? No. Now, see, this is how young you are, dude. You got Darren, Darren Bennett was a probably about eight-time Pro Bowler for yeah. the San for the San Diego Chargers as a punter. And honest to God, he was the first, really yeah. the first us first Australian guy. And Adam, I swear to God, he came to NFL Europe. Before, before he made it with the Chargers, he came over. Uh, and it's the first time I had ever seen players, like every down players, walk out of the locker room prior to the game to watch a punter it's, kick the ball. Yeah. And, I mean, he hit the ball, and it looked like a pee. He hit it so high. And the guy was phenomenal. It's, it's crazy, and speaking on that, that state tournament that we played in that you were down there at, the punter that we had on our team, Jordan Berry, is actually – he was with the Steelers for like six years, man, punting with them. And I think he was back there this year. So, you know, shout out to Jordan as well. And it's just crazy. You know, he probably had the same conversation and, you know, sparked some things in his mind. But it's – he kicks the ball just like, you know, those dudes. When when it's an Aussie out there punting the ball. You know it. It's something different to watch, you know. It just looks different and the ball goes – you know, disappears, you know. I, that's what I'm saying. I mean, when Darren Bennett would hit the ball, it sounded like somebody hit it with a baseball bat. Yeah. I mean, it was like different sound. All right. Shane Warren. Cricket. And hey, have you ever met that guy? Like that guy is like, that is a legend, man. An abs absolute legend. He's like Joe Namath of cricket. Exactly, man. Now nah, I'd love to meet him. I watch his I watch his highlights on, on uh YouTube all the time, man. That's part of you know, when we go home and I go to the beach, we play backyard cricket, and it's all imitating Shane Warne, so it's awesome. All right. Derek Wolf. Tough. Gardner Minshew. Legend. <laughs> yeah. All right. 
Unpack that one. Yeah. What do you mean, legend how? You know, I remember, I think it was my first morning down there in Jacksonville. I'm sitting in the cafeteria and, you know, he grabs some food for breakfast and he comes and sits down next to me. And, you know, we just start talking, man. And he was literally like the first conversation was just like, tell me about yourself, where you're from, you know, what, what are you into, man? Like, you know, it's awesome to have you here and want to get to know you. And we literally sat there for, you know, 30 odd minutes eating breakfast, just talking and shooting the shit a bit. And then, you know, you just see the way he carries himself. He's a hard on the sleeve type of guy. Leave it all out there. Loves loves the game. Loves his brothers. And I mean, you know, regardless of what happened last year, he got injured, banged up. You know, he fought back, came back, and wanted to finish the thing out with the team. And you know, I got my hats off respect because once, once you know you're in that last spot and you got that first pick, you know, that's that's a hard spot to be in for him. And you know, for him to show up every day and just work like nothing, nothing's different. Um, you know, that just shows the type of guy he is, how professional he is. And, you know, he's going to have a ton of success in the league because he carries himself like that. So he's, a, he's an absolute legend. Plus his haircut slash <laughs> can't beat it. All right. Paul Puzlesny. Ooh. Strength. Freaking room beast. You know, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, man, you go in the weight room there and there's a, you know, I think the Paul Puzlugny Award is freaking based on him because he was just a weight room animal in there just killing it. So, you know, that's kind of, you know, the mentality going into that weight room is, you know, based on him. Okay. All right. Joe Cullen. Mm, It's hard, man. I've met him a couple of times, but I'd say... um, I'm trying to think of the word. Smart. Okay. Now, fans who may not know, all right, Joe Cullen is the new defensive coordinator in Jacksonville. And he's a D-line guy, which I think is really good for you because a D-line guy understands, right? Yeah. Sometimes when you get a coordinator who's a back-end guy or a linebacker guy, you know, they just look at those big guys and say, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that's going to be interesting to see how it works out for you guys and, and yeah. how he'll utilize you in that scheme. Definitely. Urban Meyer. Vision. Yeah, man. I mean, I think about Urban and, you know, I've had a couple of conversations with him now, but, you know, you can just see that this guy's 10 steps ahead of where he's talking to us. And it's like he's already walked the path that we need to all walk. So he's explaining to us what we need to do to get there. And I mean, you know, this guy's had been, been a winner everywhere he's gone. So, you know, I'm all ears. I'm listening. I explain, and I want you to t- tell them if you can remember when we were talking the other day and we were talking about Urban and you mentioned about how his approach is and, you know, what, what the formula is going to be in Jacksonville. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. So, you know, just talking to him, you can see he's put the blueprint in. And uh, what the thing is, is he's given – the strength stuff, all the resources of me, um, whatever they ask, whatever they think is going to help us, and whatever he feels is going to help us, he's putting it into the strength stuff. Nutrition, the same thing. Uh, blowing it all up. The training room, same thing. He wants guys wanting to be part of the Jacksonville Jaguars organization, be down there training, creating this team atmosphere, this winning atmosphere inside the building, you know? And I think the type of guys he's bringing in are the guys that are going to help elevate this team to the next level um, from the staff to everything. And I think, you know, his whole mentality is like this plus two mentality, which is, you know, for an example, the drill A to B, you know, 10 yards, 
he wants us going 12, you know, and he wants that mentality through every department in, you know, front office, everywhere. And, you know, he wants that everyone to have that collective goal of that's the mentality we have to carry to be successful. So, you know, if we're not doing plus two in the training room and plus two in the nutrition department and plus two in all that stuff, it doesn't matter that we're doing the plus two on the field, you know? Um, so all those things tie in together. And I think I'm just really excited to be part of, you know, kind of that, that atmosphere where, you know, it's not everyone's doing their own thing. Then we come together in August. We've got three weeks to figure out our identity as a team and then play 17 games. Um, you know, that's tough. That's tough to do. So, you know, hopefully this off season, he's kind of set the standard of what he wants our mentality to be, who we are, our identity. And, uh, you know, it's on the guys to take that responsibility and get to that point. Michael, give me some more questions for the big fella before we call it a column from Cork, Ireland says in 2002, 17 and 18, there was tension between Broncos offense and defense. What was the locker room like? Yeah, it was tough, man. It was tough. And, you know, it, it was tension. But at the end of the day, everyone want, wanted success. You know, it wasn't like the defense is over there bashing the offense. The offense is bashing the defense, things like that. Everyone wanted to still win, you know, and everyone's trying to figure out what the formula is. And at the end of the day, the defense has to look at us and what we can do to help the team. We can't go over there and play offense and do that shit. We have to trust in them. Make sure we're giving them the best looks at practice, scout team cards, all the things right that they need to get going. And same with the defense. You know, we weren't playing perfect either. But, you know, at times we needed to do more. We need to get turnovers. We need to get sacks, things like that, that can help the offense. You know, if the offense might be slow getting started, it's on the defense to create a momentum swing, to put them in a position to get some easy points maybe. You know, so as much as there's tension, it's guys – looking inward before looking outward to fix the problem. And I think, uh, you know, with some of that tension was more like we're in a Super Bowl two years ago. Now we're struggling to win six games. What's going on? Um, And I think some of that tension was Super Bowl hangover stuff. Some of the tension was, you know, are we bringing in the right guys? Some of the tension is, are we playing as good as we can be? So, you know, there's so many different factors that play into it. But you as a player, you as a coach, you just have to look inward and say, am I doing everything I can to help this shit, you know, to help get to where we need to be. And I think, you know, that's sometimes tough to do. And, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow for some guys that have had success and some guys that haven't had to figure that out. So, you know, at that time, it's kind of, you need good leaders, good coaches to to fix the culture and fix whatever's happening within the team. Great, great point. And I tell you what, that's going to help you guys in Jacksonville as you develop your own culture in Jacksonville. Mikey, give me another one. What do you got here? All right, this is from Fred Flunk. He is from Ireland. Again, you're leading the league in Ireland, guys, here today. Uh, Adam, how hard was it to come back from your ACL injury mentally or physically? Which was harder? Um, man, it was tough. That was my first major injury um, coming out of college. And it was kind of at the point where everything was going right for me. You know, I was in the best physical shape. I was playing my best ball. So I got injured, but, you know, fortunately for me, what we were talking about earlier was I had, you know, that mental kind of, that mental kind of place in my head where I knew I'd done everything that I could to that point. Injuries are going to happen. But it was tough kind of responding from that. You know, the first few months of going through the rehab was pretty good. And then, you know, kind of once I got, you know, into the NFL and in that Broncos locker room, it was like, shit's moving quick. We're this NFL team. We're, we're going back to the Super Bowl. 
you know, you can't afford to be hurt. We need you out there on the field playing. And it just kind of threw that mental side off and that threw the physical side off. I think, you know, a big important part of when you're coming back from an injury is to remain strong mentally at all times. And then even post-injury remaining strong mentally because there's going to be adversity down the track still that lingers from that injury. So, um, you know, the second time injuring my ACL two years ago, I made sure like mentally I stayed in a good place. And honestly, like now physically, I'm better than I ever was in the last five years. So I think that mental play, losing that mentally first kind of hurt the physical. So, um, yeah, it was tough on both ends for me, I'd say. All right. We got time for one more. So, Mike, give me one more. Brad. All right. This is Mike Grimes. Uh, Mike is from the from the UK. He says, "What do the Jags need to do to improve next season, and how will the draft help?" Yeah, I think definitely. Um, you know, some things that we need to improve is just you know the mentality, attacking every day, taking advantage of our opportunities, and you know I think that correlates even into the games last year. You know, we were in some games with some teams that ended up playing playoffs, and we lost by three. So it's you know executing throughout the games, making sure we're all bought in into what we're doing. And then, you know, going after guys in the draft that are going to help this team. You know, we've gone after a couple in free agency, but, you know, some of the pieces that we can bring in through the draft, you know, everyone's going to be important this year. You know, it's going to take all of us, you know, whether you're playing 10 snaps, one snap, 100 snaps, um, it's everyone. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. We've got some good coaches and we've got some good players coming in. So, Well, I got to tell you, uh, this has been an absolute blast for me and for to, you make me feel old, though, dude, because to think that you were 16 years old when I saw you for the first time and talked to you for the first time. And then we were talking the other day and I hear babies in the background. You got two children of your own now. Man, man, oh, man, oh, man. That's crazy. We have an unbelievable amount of support uh, for Jacksonville in London. As you know, you're going to have an opportunity to go over there and play. Um what would you say to the Jags UK organization about what's going on in Jacksonville? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, um, you know, it's been disappointing the last you know couple of years on some of the results that we've had. But, you know, I appreciate all you guys staying loyal, staying, you know, big fans of us and what we're doing down here. And, you know, we've got some exciting times ahead. And I think, you know, the goal is in the next five years, we're going to be where we want to be. Um, you know, we're hoping this year's, you know, the year, but. You know, we know it takes time and we got guys to develop, but, you know, we appreciate you guys. We appreciate all the support and, you know, we can't get back out. We can't wait to get back out there and play in front of you all and show you, you know, how much we've improved. So, you know, we're excited and it's going to be a hell of a year to be a GX fan. Well, listen, man, if you're ever heading back to Australia, I'm I, know stopping. That, I know that flight, I know that flight's got to stop in Hawaii. That's it. I'm stopping, man. Bring bring your children, bring your bring your gal, and we got plenty of room, and it'd be awesome to spend some time with you. Proud of you, and fired up for you. And again, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to spend with us. I appreciate you, Coach. Thank you again, man. And I've got another thing. Uh, Jesse Williams hit me up, said to say, "Oh, tell to, hey, tell him I said hello." Yeah, I will. I will. I'll pass on a big hello. He hit me up, said uh, he saw I was going to be on here, said to say what's up. So. I'll pass that along, but I appreciate you, Coach. I appreciate everything over the years, the support, man. It's been awesome to watch your journey as well and what you're doing for the sport, helping it grow, you know, internationally and, you know, helping out with this channel as well and getting guys and letting them talk some football, talk their story a little. And, man, I appreciate it, Coach. All right. Take care, my brother.